Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, a world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. That arcade was my church. I thought I was... Hey, everybody. Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown, where we talk about games and the devs who love them. That's not really what we do. What we do is we talk, we just talk game dev. That's all we do here. And last time we talked game dev about game shows. And if you watched that show, the morning of the episode, we heard from Spencer Scott from St. Louis, who was a contestant on The Weakest Link on NBC. And that very night, his episode debuted. And wow, I'm not making it up for the show. I have been a casual fan of The Weakest Link since what, 2001, 2002? I have never seen, I've honestly never seen an episode like we watched Spencer compete in. It was thrilling, it was ridiculous, and I am not the slightest bit surprised that NBC took extra time to track people down from St. Louis who could promote this show with Spencer. I'm so glad they called me, (laughs) and I'm so glad that I took the time, because my wife and I watched it together. I was screaming and running around the room and stuff like, ah, this and that. I won't reveal what happened yet. I am going to talk about it more on the Game Dev Breakdown radio broadcast this weekend. So again, that's exclusive to Spotify. So follow up, search for Game Dev Breakdown radio on Spotify and be ready for that because we'll chit chat about that. And I'm <laughs> that was a grade A doozy. So <laughs> if... <laughs> If you uh, did not catch that, I'll fill you in. I will I will spill the beans and we'll move on. But this week, I'm sure they're airing reruns and stuff. There's been a constant stream of web traffic searching for that guy. It was a very interesting situation. That's all I'll say. Those of you who watched it, first of all, thank you, because that helps make me look good. Uh, it may be a while before they connect those dots, but they were very happy with the episode. NBC was very, very... Uh, We touched base again after this, and they were very nice about it. So thanks to you folks at NBC. Thank you to you, Spencer. And uh, great job out there. It sure was entertaining. (laughs) As for tonight, we're talking Legos. We're talking Legos. We're talking Unity. We're talking learning. And I have some predictions for the future. The more I research this, the stronger I feel about it. So all shall be revealed. But let's talk about the basics here at the top. I mentioned this in the last show. Lego had released something in the Unity Asset Store, and I did not know what it meant or what it was, and I said I would report back. I'm happy to tell you I have answers. I've played with this now. Lego has released what they called a micro game. This was on the Unity blog that this was mentioned. There was a lot of buzz on Twitter. What happened was they put together a project, kind of a starter project, but Unity calls them micro games. I should have figured that out because they've got one, they've got a cool one for kart racing and they've got uh, several others, but now they have a Lego one. The way this works is if you download this Lego micro game project, and it took me a while to figure out how to get started. So if you want to be smarter than me, You go straight to the Unity Hub, you go to the Learn tab, and you click on the Lego thing, and probably 
download the specific version of the Unity editor that it wants you to use. Because <laughs> this is silly, but I was using a, a 2020 version. I had to go back to a 2019 version with long-term support. We're going to talk about Unity issues here momentarily. But the whole thing is Lego has teamed up with Unity to create a starter project that you can go in and use the nice, the real fancy in-editor tutorials to make modifications to this project and go through and learn stuff. And the things you're actually learning are kind of unexpected and, and interesting in their own way. First of all, this pains me. This is not fun, but I have to go on a short mini rant about issues with Unity. I am a contract Unity developer. I know what I'm talking about when I say this. I haven't forgotten learning the Unity system. And I, I got some beefs. I really do. I'm, I'm not big to gripe on engines and tools and frameworks and stuff. I just, I try to maintain the philosophy that my work is my work. And if something is wrong, I find a way to get it done. And I, I don't dwell on the tool stuff. But here's the problem. Unity is getting overgrown. They're starting to specialize it for many, many advanced things, scientific things, movie things, everything under the sun. I get it. Like you want to make your product adaptable and flexible and make it appeal to everyone who could possibly use it from school teachers to scientists. I understand. But I think the beginner is starting to get lost in the shuffle. And I think maybe Unity's forgotten what it was like to be brand new and scared to death of Unity. For one thing, they're suffering version overload. There are way too many versions of Unity right now. The Unity hub has not helped <laughs> uh, because that thing needs to be updated at least half as often as the editor itself. Man, when I when I downloaded the Lego project, I had to go backward a version of Unity. I had trouble finding it in the hub, like I mentioned. And I feel like the, the learning content now is kind of poorly organized as well. Some of this seems like lack of attention. Like you go to the web pages for these learn projects and instead of being like numbered or ordered in some way, you get like this responsive page that shows like a left to right, top to bottom grid similar to what you would see in Netflix when you're trying to pick whether to watch The Office or Tiger King for a fourth time, where you should just be seeing, hey, this lesson will show you the editor. You should definitely do that first before you go on and try to make your first prefab. Instead, it's just like, in this one, you'll change this, and in this one, you'll change that. Even though some of them depend on one another, that's a real easy thing to fix, right? We're, we're talking... Slap in some numbers. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled that Unity made their learn stuff free, which it didn't used to be. It used to go to subscribers who had those, you know, at least $40 a month contracts. But everyone has access now. I appreciate that. But the in-editor tutorial system is so cool. And there's so much potential there. These very small issues just turn into these breaking problems, for, especially for beginners. Because if you have most of the editor locked and you can only go hit the play button or hit the inspector in this in these two fields, but something gets deleted. And this happened to me like three different times while I was working on the Lego thing. If I didn't know how to like jump out of that tutorial system and manually reset the whole project and the whole environment 
back to exactly what that tutorial system expects, I would have been screwed. I couldn't have done that. Somebody asked me like, hey, now that you've seen the Lego thing, could my kids do it? Like if I wasn't there sitting with them? And I said, nope. (laughs) That was the truth. Like, no, they could not. It took me three or four like clean starts to get through the Lego thing. And the asset store is moving. Like why? In the 2020 versions, at least the one that I used last, you pull up the asset store tab and it's like the asset store has moved. Why? Why would it do that? I'm trying to pull up stuff in the editor, which has to be imported into my project. Where, where are you going? Like, where are you taking my assets? The idea is you have to jump out of the editor completely, go to your web browser and go to unity.com slash whatever the hell. It's a small deal to them, but it's a big deal to us. I'm not even really sure what the process is supposed to be now. I think what it is, is you can't go to the store, but you can pull up your account to see the assets you have assigned to your account. And from there, you can you can import those into your project. But like, why not keep it all together? So again, I, I think they're forgetting what it's like to be new. They're catering to God only knows who now, like AAA Studios, AR researchers and stuff. I think it's very cool, the stuff they're doing. I really do. Like, if you watch their blog and see the scientific applications and stuff, clearly I'm blown away. When I try to touch AR, it's very scary and gives me a headache right away. I'm thrilled by what they're doing, but I don't think it serves them to sort of shake off the newbies. Like, we we all know Unity is supposed to be indie-friendly at the very least, if not beginner-friendly. Don't dump off those beginners. So Lego was trying to fill this gap a little bit with their micro game and their tutorials. And what it is, is this micro game thing walks you through modifying your own little tutorial world made of Legos and, and with the Lego stuff. If you're not familiar with the Lego games, it is basically exactly what you would think. You've got your your little Lego figurine. You're running around and jumping on platforms and collecting pickups and Very video gamey stuff, right? So each one of these lessons helps you make a change to this world. You create your own mini game with objectives and like lose conditions and stuff, which is neat. You something interesting is you use their own logic bricks. So they've got special Lego bricks with rules and like scripts attached to them. If you place them or attach them to something in the scene, they it changes the rules of the game, which is kind of cool. Like, certainly the Lego games themselves don't work that way. I don't know if that's present in some way on the design side. Like, maybe. I don't know. But so that's how you get through these lessons. That's how you change the game. And when you're done, you can publish it to a web page and show it off. Now, the thing to know about that is part of your license agreement, and you you bet there is a license agreement with Lego for this. <laughs> you are agreeing that the only place you can publish this is, uh, what is it, like play.unity.com or whatever? You can't just go nuts and do anything you want with this. It has to go up on Unity's pages, which is fine. But what stood out to me is what you're actually learning here is a little bit about Unity, but a whole lot of this like proprietary system and this set of tools that Lego games created. So like a a brand new person who doesn't know game development, who goes, if they work very hard and learn everything in these tutorials, they're still going to be really no closer to knowing how to make their own games. Like, not at all. Obviously, you can't use any of this for a commercial project. So like, (laughs) and that's not the end of the world, but you can't just download the Lego stuff and go like, I'm going to make my own Lego horror game, (laughs) you know? 
and uh, take it straight to Steam. Like you, you will hear from Lego right away. And I'm I'm waiting for the first time this happens because there's an agreement, but it's not super locked down. I discovered. So I know I'm not the first person to tinker with this and go, oh, you can use these assets just about any way you want if you want to. Someone is going to do this and someone's going to get in trouble and I will report back because that will probably be kind of funny. They'll probably just hear from somebody at Lego going, hey, come on, come on, you can't do that. And when they complain about that on Twitter like they didn't understand, I will laugh about it here on the podcast. You know I will. Another thing is, uh, there. if you know about the LEGO games, this does not seem to feature the combat and the guns and stuff, which I get it, like, they don't want to be violent or whatever, but it definitely stands out. And the other thing is, so far, I haven't figured out building. I feel like building must be in this thing. And in fact, in the pr- the the project world, there are some of the blocks sitting around, like, sort of bouncing around on the ground like they do in the games when you can, like... And like build a chair or whatever nonsense. I'll say this. I don't know if it's in there or not, but it really stood out to me that the first set of tutorials did not include setting up building. So those are uh, those are the immediate issues I noticed. (laughs) Now, let me give some credit to Lego. It's extremely satisfying to play around with a bunch of playable Unity assets from Lego. That is the best feeling in the world because I'm somebody who sat around playing these games for years and went... I can't believe how fun it would be to work on a game like this. And I've even thought about trying to make like my own generic version of this. Like, hey, these are just these toy people in this toy world. And just just so I could sort of hint at those mechanics because they they really did land on something. If you go back and listen to my interview with uh, Rob Hewson of Huey Games, he worked with uh, TT Games. I think that's what they changed to from Traveler's Tale who did the Lego games forever. He was right in the thick of it. He worked on some of the handheld Lego games. I'm a huge fan of that. I've always wanted to do something like that. So for me to get a bunch of downloadable assets, like drag this into the uh, scene, and now you've got a player you can control, and it's a Lego minifigure, and they do all the same stuff you do in the games, that was a great experience for me. I really, If you're a fan of that, you'll be a fan of this. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CAPITAL and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CAPITAL and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So I, being a little obsessed at this point... I knew we were going to talk about it. It wasn't a complete waste of time. I was thinking objectively and I thought, okay, we have to use it in this special project of theirs. This can only be published in a certain way. But what's to stop me from importing all these assets into a new project and doing whatever the hell I want? 
The answer is nothing stopped me. <laughs> I put all these assets into a brand new project, dragged some things in, opened one of their uh, test scenes, and sure enough, it's very playable Lego stuff. You can create your own Lego environment. They've got everything from skyboxes to the fog plane down below your feet. You can make an entire scene, and in fact... I'm working on trying to mod my own characters in. We're going to see. I am going to tinker with this for some time. I would have done it longer if I didn't have to stop and work on these show notes so I could talk to you people, which I'm happy to do. But that's just to say, and my eventual answer to my friend was, who asked me, could my kids get through this? I said, not really. If you can't work with them on the tutorials, what I would tell you to do is import all of this stuff into a new Unity project, open the test scenes for them, and let them play around with that with like a controller or something. And then if they're feeling adventurous, they can start to tinker with those scenes completely unrestricted without the overlay tutorial thing bothering them or locking them out of the, uh, the hand tool or the move or rotate tool. And I think the whole thing will go a lot better. As for me... I'm going to start making smart aleck stuff like uh, Lego Kenny, my own Lego take on Letter Kenny. It's always sunny in Lego Delphia. I've got ideas. They're mostly sitcom related, and that's another reason I wish Matt was here. But yeah, if you open the sample scenes, you know, take them into your own project and stuff, you're going to have a lot more fun. And if you guys are fans of those games, that's the way I would approach this. Go ahead and take a glance at the tutorials, but once you get a feel for things, jump over and start your own project and really have some fun with this because for anybody who checks this out, gets good at it, and you know what you're doing in Unity, they're, for one thing, this is nice because they're they're clearly going to keep this going for a while. They're releasing mod kits. So every once in a while, I guess, you, I guess Lego is putting up more stuff to download to play with. They just did a Halloween kit and... There are some unlockable things I've got here later in my notes. If you heard the bit about the smart bricks with the scripts attached and stuff, and you thought, is it weird visually to see like logic components around the, the play area? Answer is yes. Even in Legos, it's strange to see like an enemy character with a block on top of them that has a picture of a gun on it and another block on top of that that's got a big eyeball that's pointed a certain direction. That is jarring even for a Lego game. And their answer to that, if you become what they call an advanced user, you can start to use their scripts on your stuff directly. And there's, it's not, it's not you're just taking the Unity script and like using that, but there's a way to do it the Lego way. And it's a little more user-friendly for that too. So you can make custom objects and attach logic to them without the silly extra block. Speaking of custom objects... This starts to get wild. When you have exhausted yourself with all the basics, this whole Lego Unity ecosystem supports making your own custom Lego objects. How do I do that, you ask? Do I have to do it in Blender? No, you don't. There is a piece of software. Maybe I'm the last person on Earth who doesn't know this, but I didn't know it, and I can't wait to play with this. There's a piece of software called BrickLink Studio. And what this is, I've got to introduce you to a couple of concepts here. There are two pieces of software. One is BrickLink Studio, and the other is called Part Designer. And these are for AFOLs. I don't know if they call them AFOLs or 
or what? But AFOL stands for Adult Fans of Lego. And I make fun of that, but I'm sitting here on a podcast telling you all about it, so I guess I am one. But I'm definitely not going to refer to myself as such. Will not be updating my LinkedIn profile to include that. Bricklink Studio is part of Bricklink, which is a site you can go to if you are the kind of Lego fan who orders a bunch of custom parts. And you've, you've probably seen this. It's big on eBay. People will order these things by the garbage bag. And Bricklink Studio is a place to do just that. It's, it's basically, it's almost like commercial level Lego distribution. <laughs> but you've got the whole catalog. You're using these part numbers and stuff. And you can just order dozens and or hundreds of different parts. So as part of this catalog thing, at some point they decided on their end, it would be better if we could release a piece of software that people could use to model Lego sets. And as you're doing that, so it's kind of like a 3D modeling program, but as you're using it, it's keeping track of what parts you're using, what the cost is for those parts, what the availability is for those parts. We're talking very advanced Lego stuff, but it can be as simple as, I wanna go into this thing, I wanna click on shiny pictures of Legos, and I wanna build stuff on my computer. That's a way you can use this. So if you do it that way, you can move these custom objects into Unity to use with these other Lego bricks. So really, you can make anything you want with the Lego thing. So again, you can't go sell this, but if you want to do this for fun as a hobby or to show off, like on Unity's website or on social media, YouTube, content creators, you can do that. And in fact, I was like, you know, my silly sitcom idea isn't so crazy now, but I thought I would still need to find a way to modify these figurines. Well, this other piece of software called Part Designer apparently lets you do just that. So you can use the minifigure 3D models and then... I guess, import your own pictures to, like, create stickers. And again, this is all stuff you can order in real life once you do it. So, you know, knock yourself out this holiday season by giving your brother-in-law a little likeness of himself in Lego. I don't know what this stuff costs. I bet it's through the roof, though. <laughs> you know, Legos at Walmart are expensive. I can only imagine what this does. Instead of that, you can make your own stuff, uh, I guess, go from part designer to Bricklink or part designer straight to Unity, but you can make basically anything you want on the planet. So for me, this naturally leads to the question, why are they doing this? Recently, I, I mentioned my favorite game is to listen to someone and ask, why are they saying this? Sort of the same principle applies here. Why would LEGO do this? It is nice that LEGO wants to help teach new game developers but for one thing, this isn't really teaching new game developers. Like, again, if somebody goes through every single LEGO tutorial, they are not going to have any idea how to go back, open up Unity, and make something of their own. It's, it just doesn't do that. It doesn't teach scripting. It doesn't teach many things. The amount of work LEGO has done here makes absolutely no sense if they're going to do this and then just stop and drop it. To me, it seems a lot more likely that this is their first step towards sort of a, what I would guess is going is that it would be a playable social platform, kind of like Roblox, that would be open to third-party developers. And then the developers could create whatever they want for players, and they earn money, or however it works. But I would guess 
that that's the kind of thing Lego has in mind. And that's for a few reasons. For one thing, Roblox is a poor man's Lego, in my opinion. Let me know if I'm wrong. But but the Roblox platform online is insane. There are studios you can find who make a million, multiple millions per year just doing stuff on Roblox for kids. And it's crazy. And when I was when I was checking in on this, Tommy Tallarico came up again for, for like the second week in a row, which is funny. He just apparently settled a lawsuit with Roblox, or at least Roblox creators, I don't know. But there was apparently a famous sound that he created and used in one of his old games, and it showed up in Roblox in the earliest days, and then people liked the sound, so they kept you. It's like an oof sound. I don't play Roblox, I don't know. I've checked it out in the past, it didn't grab me. But this apparently became very popular, <laughs> and Tommy Tallarico was like, hey, I made that oof. <laughs> So he, he, I guess, won like an undisclosed settlement. But yeah, the Roblox platform, it's exploding. It's basically another Minecraft, but with easier third-party development. Everything looks like garbage. The editor sucks. Like, I've taken a look, because once I heard, like, developers are making millions. Okay, I'm a developer. I like millions. But this whole thing has to drive Lego nuts. Like, they are the top-of-the-line building block for kids. They're the biggest toy, you know, brand. And they handle their brand at the same level that, like, Disney handles their brand. Lego is a household name. They are known for... I mean, I feel like they're known for quality. They aim for that. They very closely manage their stuff. And here's Roblox doing a poor and dirty version of it, and they're they're cleaning up. So I'm sure Lego wants to get in on that. So again, I suspect this is the first part of a plan to move us there. Now, if Lego does this and they put out first party content and they create this massively multiplayer online experience and let people like me put stuff in it, they won't let me do Lego Delphia, but they might let me do a soccer game or whatever. You know, if their version of this could... I think it could easily overtake Roblox, even with the Roblox momentum, if they make it like free to play, if they do smart stuff. And if they use Unity as the development system, their content will overtake Roblox's content immediately. Very, very fast. I did spend enough time to make an account on Roblox to check out some of the games, and I felt like it all sucked. Like, really? It's just, it's a fun place to like meet with your friends or whatever, I'm sure. But the content there did not seem that great to me at all. Lego could do it better in a hurry. And I think that's what we're about to see. I can't prove it, but I'm telling you, tuck this episode away for later. I'm glad to be getting this on the record now, and we're going to see. So what comes next? If you check this out and you like this, there are some fun little activities coming up. You can, um, if you share a game, you can unlock a special Lego set and you can unlock a different one about Space Cadets or something if you update your game that you published. Bunch of activities. There's a game jam coming up on November 19th. So if you get plugged in by that time and you want to make a little, I don't know, experience, you can you can participate in that and you get another Lego set for that. And then there's another one if you enter a showcase. So there's a bunch, like I said, there's a bunch of activities. This is an ongoing thing. In conclusion, overall, I would say that the Lego micro game is not a good way to learn Unity. 
not really a good way to learn game development itself, but it is a good way to learn this proprietary system that Lego's working on for unknown reasons. I would argue that it's worth figuring that out because, again, this this road goes somewhere and that that's going to be a good place to be wherever that is. So, Unity, I implore you, pull your crap together. Get control of your stuff. I've been on the Unity train forever and some of these problems are painful. So, that's my plea. That's the lowdown on the Lego thing. I am going to be checking out what were those uh, Bricklink Studio and Part Designer because I can't wait to make some really goofy stuff with that. If you haven't noticed, I will put out loads of effort for a joke if I think I can get a laugh, that kind of thing. And this seems perfect for that. Then I too will be able to uh, be familiar with the tools and prepared for whatever's next. So that is the Lego situation in a nutshell. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, I would love if you would check out show notes at CodeWritePlay.com. Subscribe at the podcast location of your choice. I don't mind where. Uh, We're doing a lot of new stuff on Spotify if you hit that follow button. In fact, hit the follow button on Spotify for Game Dev Breakdown Radio. Not just Game Dev Breakdown. So then you'll catch our weekend broadcasts with great licensed music, clips from you, the callers. Now, no one's left one yet, but I keep offering, hey, Actually, that's something I'm pushing on Twitter right now. If you are a developer, designer, if you work with a small indie studio, I'm going to start playing some like 30 second game pitches. This can be something you want to do, something you are already doing, something you already did and shipped. Let us know what's up. We'll check it out. Players listen to this. Content creators listen to this. Pitch your game. We're listening and I'll get to as many of them as I can, as often as I can. My community service to you. Throw those at us, content creators. If you're a streamer, if you're a YouTuber, if you're just a player, let me know, drop an audio clip, we'll play that, and we'll see if we can connect some people, right? Let's let's have that be a a little meeting place. You guys need each other, and I'm here to help. To keep up with initiatives like that, follow uh, social media for the show and the website, and for me, GameDevPod on Twitter, CodeWritePlay on Twitter, and me, MechaToddZilla, 1D, 2Ls. And uh, also, we have links to our Discord server at CodeWritePlay.com, or I can blast that over to you on social, no problem. Check out Game Dev Breakdown Radio at Spotify every weekend. Great music from video games that we love and uh, different cool features. Little behind-the-scenes bits, and that show's kind of taken off. So we got two, two popular shows on our hands. That's it for me. Check us out this weekend and get in touch Anytime, anywhere with feedback, topics, questions, concerns, anything you got. Till the weekend, there's still some time. Kick some butt, do something impressive, and uh, tell us about it. Why not? So uh, Todd Mitchell here. Have a good one, everybody. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is. Sounds idiotic to me. (laughs) 